Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. We've been talking about relationships. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that uh, relationships are paramount in our lives because it is relationships that uh, make us who we are. In fact, one man says it like this. If I, I'm probably going to quote him wrong, but, but he said, you will be who you are today five years from now except for the people that you come into relationships with and the books that you read. Uh, the, the, the interactions, the heart connections that you have with people make us who we are. You are today who you are because of who you've been in relationship with. We rub off on one another. And so in our society, relationships become uh, almost a status symbol, if you will. Uh, entire magazines are produced, I don't know how truthful they are, because you find them as you're checking out in the grocery stores, they're right there in the racks, and so I don't know if you can believe anything in there, but, but entire magazines are based on who's with who and who's not with who. Uh, Hollywood is fixated on that, and that fixation comes down to us, and so what happens is, is we begin to categorize people as people who have nots, and then we talk about people who have no nots. And you're in one of those uh, situations in your life. Uh, you're, you're categorized by that in a lot of situations. And what I've seen is that depending on how you handle relationships and the conditions of relationships in your life, I've discovered that relationships can have more negative impact in your life than bankruptcy, drugs, alcohol, temptation, all roll into one because when you give somebody your heart and they don't handle it correctly, it destroys you. I ain't getting no help up in here. So we've been talking about how to navigate knots. And so in week one, I talked to you about the fact that if you don't have a knot uh, in your life right now, that you need to get God involved in the selection process early. Because if you don't do that, then what we have a tendency to do is we select and then we come behind that and recognize that they weren't everything we thought they were going to be. So now then we have to come back behind that and ask God to perfect what we selected rather than select. Never, y'all see, y'all already went, y'all already checked. See, see, I told you if you want to have a garden experience that you cannot bring somebody into the garden from the swamp, you need to find somebody in the garden if you want to encounter a garden experience. So you can't go clubbing and expect for them to roll into church with you on Sunday and act like you want them to act because you got them out of the club. So when things start going wrong, you should not be surprised if they want to go. Never mind, y'all. I'm just, this is just the introduction. I'm just trying to refresh your memory. I told you, you need to know who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, then, then you will settle for less and you will fail to recognize that only Jesus can complete you. And, and having a boo won't come complete you. Having somebody in your life, uh, a sugar pie, uh, a sugar, uh, a honey pie, none of that will complete you. Only Jesus. 
will come, and that's important to know because if you don't know that, as soon as sugar pie walks out of your life, they will take your worth with them if you put your worth in them. And so you've got to know who you are. They've got to know who they are. Because people that don't know who they are will randomly walk into your life and suck the purpose out of your life if you allow them to. So you've got to be able to navigate knots. Last week we talked to those that have knots. We, we talked about the fact that what wins keeps. See, a lot of us work really hard to win our loved one. But then once we win them, we don't keep doing what we did to win them to keep them. I'm preaching right now, right before Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, like, like the, the husband like, like is the knight in shining armor while he's courting you. Like flowers and balloons and love notes and snuggles and cuddles and long goo-goo eye conversations. And then you get connected to him. And now you're lucky if you get a grunt out of him when you walk in the room. And then only if it's during the commercial. Right? That was a good chance for the ladies to say amen. Because I'm getting ready to give the guys one too. So I'm, I'm equal opportunity amener. Because see then, see then the guys, uh, we, we struggle because before we had a knot, you, you always put on makeup, and you always fixed your hair. And now we walk, never mind, I'm about to get myself in some trouble. We, we quit doing what we won them with, and what we fail to recognize is that marriage and relationships, there, there's only one way to have a perfect one, and the, 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 the equation is always the same. It requires work, period. Work. You got to work at this thing. So, how long should I work? I mean, I've been trying harder for three weeks and no changes. And I told you that you should work for the prescribed time frame because if you're married, the prescribed time frame is until death do us part. And so, you should quit thinking I'm going to get a quick fix. No, this is not a quick fix thing. You you got into this situation over a period of time. It will take you a period of time until death do you part. Okay, you don't have to like me much. And, 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 and see, and then I told you you got to work early. That we make preemptive strikes to protect ourselves. And what I want to get you to learn to do is to take preemptive strikes to protect us. So you do work early. Because, see, I, I told you this. There are very few mountain climbers left. There are mountain viewers. People that like to look on to the mess of your life and the mountains that you're facing, but they don't like to. There are very few mountain movers or climbers left. So if you don't deal with your molehills early, they will turn into mountains. And then the person that you're connected to, since they're not a mountain climber and they're not a mountain mover, they will walk out of your life. So you got to take care of your molehills before they become mountains. All right, so that brings us today. Today I want to shift back to those who have no knots and who are working or perhaps working on tying a knot now I want to say this to you before we get there some of you that are married are going to say well this message has nothing to do with me so I can check out because I'm already tied in a knot and you would be wrong because in the second point that I'm going to make today there's a truth here that I need you to capture so just hang on with me till we get to point two for you I want to talk to you this morning about not candidates not candidates what are some of the principles that you should apply in your dating life that will help you find out if someone is naughty or not? All right? So we're going to try to help you. There's this standard, trusty, fallback passage of Scripture that every preacher loves to pull out on single folks. It never fails. They always pull it out. I'm going to pull it out on you too. 
Uh, they, they pull it out and, and they try to use it to try to help you decide and determine who you should date. And, and I'm going to use it again this morning, but I want to add uh, maybe perhaps just a little bit of a different perspective. You know it. You know it. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It starts in verse 14. I'm going to not just stop at verse 14 because that's the part we always use. We're going to go all the way to verse 18. Verse 14 says this, and I'm going to read it to you out of the Message Bible, and then I'll tell you what it says in the King James so you'll remember it. Don't become partners with those who reject God. Do not be unequally yoked. That's the one you've heard, right? Everybody that's single in the house, don't be ashamed. Raise your hand right now. Hasn't somebody used that verse of Scripture on you before? Yeah, okay. I, I thought so. Do not become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are. Each of us a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it this way. I'll live in them Move into them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption and the compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. Wow. I want you all for myself. I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. See, preachers focus on the connecting with an unbeliever aspect to try, and rightfully so. To convince you that it is literally spiritual suicide for you to be yoked or connected with someone that does not embrace the belief systems that you embrace. And rightfully so, because how many of you would testify to the fact, whether you have a knot or not, you would, you would recognize and testify to the fact that it almost never works out when a believer yokes with an unbeliever. The unbeliever has more influence over you than you had over them, and it almost never works out. Anybody want to No, y'all don't want to testify. You're, you're too embarrassed to admit your mistakes. See, 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 see we, we've all seen that happen, and we understand that self Seldom, if ever, does that work out for our own benefit. But what I want to do is I want us to go back and I want us to look at this verse of Scripture and I want us to understand that there's an equally important truth here about being unequally yoked. Because Paul says in verse 14, don't become partners or don't become unequally yoked with those who reject God. But my question to you this morning or my statement to you this morning is that you can both be totally saved and still be unequally yoked. Whew. Now that went over huge. See, see, the writer not only deals with salvation issues, the writer goes on and he says, don't compromise. And then he confronts the truth that some people can literally pollute you and distract you from God. Y'all ain't helping me none. You left me all up here by myself. Uh, you, you got to recognize this morning that there are some people that are saved that are not suitable for you. And if you allow them into their life, it's not that they don't love Jesus. It's just that your souls were not supposed to be connected. And even though they love Jesus as much as you do, they can literally pollute your life and distract you from living Y'all ain't helping me. I don't know what y'all ate on the way here this morning, but y'all ain't helping me. See, we want to make it simplistic. Just don't. We're going to narrow the, all you that raised your hand said I'm single. I'm getting ready to narrow the pool down for you right now. Just don't date anybody that's not a Christian. That's what we want to do. And, and true, 
You shouldn't date somebody that's not a Christian. But that's too simplistic, and you've got to understand that, that if, if you come up with a person that is saved, then, then you've, got, you've got to recognize that even though they love Jesus, they may not be suitable dating material. Because even though their souls are saved, they still can end up crushing your heart if you're unequally yoked. Danny, you want to kill? Is it the monitors? Do you know? Ah, okay. It's not the monitors. Y'all just going to have to deal with it. Deal with the distraction. Here we go. See, Paul is trying to get us to understand that dating and relationships is more than just intimate candlelight dinners and flowers. That's what we like to make it about. There is a literal yoking that takes place, a connection, a soul exchange that takes place, and therefore it is absolutely essential to make sure that your souls are compatible. If your souls are not compatible, then what will happen is you will become unequally yoked. And what Paul says is that can destroy you. So here we go. I'm going I'm to tell you two simple principles that I think can save you a world of heartache if you will apply them. Are you ready? Here we go. Let me make this statement. I, I wish this was original with me. I heard a guy say this. I think it's powerful. I'm just going to share it with you. He said, too many of us did in dating what we should have been doing in marriage. I'm going to say that again because if you missed that statement, you missed the rest of it. Too many of us did in dating what we should have done in marriage. So now, now that we're married, we're bored. Danny, you want to help me? I don't know what in the world that is, but. We're married, and so now we're bored. So the intimacy that we should have experienced in marriage, we are already experiencing in dating. Then we want to say there's no fire in our marriage. And what this guy says, well, what, are you surprised by that? You used all the logs up in dating. And, and so then he goes on and he says this. He said what we should have been doing, in, what, what we were doing in dating, we should have been doing in marriage. And now that we're married, we try to do what we should have done in dating. Okay, let me help you. Let me see if I can explain. Because now what we do that we're married is that we begin to gather data about what we like and dislike about one another. And then when I discover what I dislike, I will punish you for my lack of ability to gather data while we were dating. Y'all ain't helping me none. See, the, the, the principle that I want to share with you this morning is that dating is for data. You have got to come to this place in your life where you recognize that this thing about dating, when I spend time with someone, when I'm, when I'm trying to check them out and I'm going out on dates with them, that is for the sole purpose of gathering data, data about them. That's what it's for. In other words, get your tongue out of their throat. And figure out some information about them. Because the question is not, can they kiss? See, what the enemy does is he works on what we are naturally wired for. That, listen, can I share some information with you? It's going to be blunt. Your sex drive was given to you by God. You can pray all you want. God, take my sex drive. Well, he ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. I hope he doesn't do it. Because he gave that to you. So what the enemy does is he perverts that and he corrupts that and he uses what God wired you to do to distract you from the pertinent information you should be gathering while you're dating. 
And so now, because I'm wired that way, when I'm spending time with you, what I really want to find out is, can they kiss? Listen, it don't matter if they can kiss or not. It doesn't matter. No, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. There you go. Don't matter. Don't matter. See, the truth is, is that purity does not come to us naturally. Our mind left unguarded will, will always go past the barriers that we should have in place. And so let me just say this to you and then I'll move on. Purity in a relationship must be fought for. And you got to lead in that fight. You should never come to the place in a relationship where you, your, your mode of operation is, is I will keep going forward physically until they tell me they're uncomfortable. No. You've got to have your own standards. You've got to recognize what dating is about anyway. Dating is about gathering data. So my question, the, the wrong question, the enemy tries to get us to ask wrong questions. Can they kiss? Who cares? Can, can they make me feel good physically? That's the wrong question. I got news for you. For $10, you can go down on 10th Street and feel good physically. I know that's blunt, but it's true. So that's not the question. The question then, the real question that we should be asking and the data that we should be gathering is things like this. Are they kind? Are they considerate? Do they have any character? And if they're trying to push you, never mind. Then they don't. Are they really interested in anybody other than themselves? That's data you should be gathering. Therefore, if you're, girls, if you're dating a, a young man that's like 39 years old and he still always got to talk about is his football days when he was 16, that ought to give you some data and you ought to have some red flags going off. Because he's stuck. And guys, if you, you, you spend time with this young lady that you think is all that in a bag of chips. If, if they're only concerned with their looks and they avoid dealing with their character, that ought to give you some data that you need in your life. What data do you need? You need to know a person's heart. You need to know their issues. In other words, you ought to date long enough to get the data that you need. And then if the data isn't what you're looking for, you better get out. Let me, let me say it like this. You should handle their heart before you hand over yours. So, so I'm spending time with you, and, and, and I'm not fixated on your, your kissing ability. I'm not fixated on how cute you look in your jeans. What I'm fixated on is, are you not worthy? Are, 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 are you somebody who I, I see your heart and I handle your heart. And then I find out who you really are. See, Proverbs chapter 31, we like to point to that for our lady friends. And First Peter chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, we like that one too. We skip over the part about the husbands and just read about the women because that's the way we are. And what it does is those passages of the Scripture, they, they describe a woman who is beautiful. So we go out and we go, I want a Proverbs 31 woman. But we think that the Proverbs 31 woman or the, the First Peter chapter 3 woman is all about looks and beautiful and, and all that. But, but what we've got to understand is that what these passages of Scripture teach us, they teach us about men and women, by the way. What they teach us is that, that you fall in love with a person's heart, not their body. Because the body's going to change. Newsflash. i just let you all in on that one. 
Why is, that in, why is that so important for us? Because Solomon in Proverbs chapter 4 makes this statement. He says, from the heart flows the issues of life. So he is basically telling us that if you don't know a person's heart, then you won't know their issues. And we've all got issues. Everybody in this room, everybody in any room has issues. And so he's saying that out of our heart flows our issues. So you've got to get to where you know their heart so that you can understand whether or not you can handle their issues. Because let me clue you in, single folks. Their personal issues become corporate issues if they don't deal with their issues before they tie a knot with you. So you've got to come to the conclusion and spend some time with them and recognize whether or not you can handle their issues. Because they're going to have them and most likely they will always have So you better find out in dating whether or not you can live with a person's weaknesses. Because the truth is, is that uh, they can work on their weaknesses, but that does not mean that it will ever turn into a strength. And by the way, desperate people rarely make good decisions. See, because the reality is that some of us are so desperate that we're pursuing relationships that have warning signs all over them. But instead of paying attention to the warning signs, what you do is you believe if you can push past and push through, that eventually the other person will become who you want them to become. I will change them. Good stinking luck. Won't happen. Won't happen. So you got to connect with somebody that you can handle their issues. Julie loves me in spite of my issues, and I got them. I got them by dozens. I may have the corner on some of the markets on my issues. But that's all right because I love her beyond her issues. We have issues. But what we did is we spent enough time getting to know one another that we handled one another's hearts and we recognized that we can trust one another and that we love each other and I can handle her issues and I can handle her weaknesses and she can handle my weaknesses helping me now see here it is is if you can't handle their heart or if there are issues that continue to make you question your heart their heart then you are unequally yoked doesn't matter if they're saved or not you better not not if you cannot handle their issues gather data well we just when, when we date we just go to church I'm thankful you're in church, but I want you to know something. You can't even handle each other's heart standing there worshiping next to each other. You've got to spend some time where you can talk and communicate and deal with and dig deep enough. That means you ain't going to be able to make out every day in the car and get to know one. And I'm just, uh, y'all ain't like that. I'm just a, The second thing I would say to you this morning is this. And this one applies to both knots and those that have knots. If someone keeps you tied in knots, they are not a knot candidate. Let me see if I can explain. A legitimate candidate for tying a knot will bring order and peace to your life rather than confusion and chaos. If you find somebody and you're attracted to somebody that is constantly causing you to be tied up in knots emotionally, then that is a great indication that, that, that they are not a knot candidate. 
If somebody walks through your life and destroys your peace, you better get rid of them now or they will do more than just destroy your peace. They will destroy your life. Just trying to help you. See, see, I'm not really interested if, they, if a person brings you goosebumps and I don't really care whether or not they can cause you to blush and get all... I don't really care. What I want to know is, is if the person you're spending your time with, you're supposed to be gathering data about them. I want to know is whether or not they are bringing any peace to your life. If they are a peace destroyer, then I can tell you without any doubt that if they're destroying your peace while you're dating, they will destroy your life when you get married. See, we're told this in Isaiah chapter 26. In Isaiah chapter 26, the, the Bible teaches us that God will keep us in peace if our minds stay centered on and fixated on Him, right? We know that. So then that must mean if someone is stealing our peace, then literally what they are doing is we have given them the ability and the power and the permission to take our mind off God. Y'all missed that altogether. I'm going to say it again. If Isaiah says that God will keep us in peace if our mind is stayed on him, that must mean then when somebody walks into my life that is stealing my peace, then I have in fact allowed them permission to take my mind off of God. And so if there's no peace, then you are unequally yoked. May I make a statement to you that I hope somebody will catch this morning. This is going to be freedom and a revelation to some of you. Here it is. Chaos is a curse. I'm just telling you. Chaos is a curse. Let me, let, me, let me let you in on, a, on some information. God is a God of order. God wants order in your life. I think we've been forgotten that we have been taught and told since, since I was a little boy I was told this. I know you've heard this, that we will even quote it and not really embrace this truth. God is not the author of confusion. I got a bunch of amens. But, 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 but then why do, come on, why do we pass over that truth? We date. People bring confusion into our life. And it was, they're from God. No. Let me, let me see if I can help you. The computation is not difficult to complete. Here it is. Confusion, if it is not from God, then it must be from... See, I can't even get you to answer me. If it's not from God, then where must it be from? The enemy, right? Okay, do the math then. If they are a drama queen or a chaos king, they are not, not material. You can pray about it all you want to, but since they're bringing confusion into your life and you no longer have the ability to fixate your mind on God, now all you can think about is them and do they love me? No, they don't love me. They love me. No, they don't love me. They're mad at me. No, they're not mad at me. Now I can't even think about God. Then at that very moment, you should recognize the fact that they're no longer a not candidate and you ought to run for your life. Can I help somebody this morning? 
It is not normal to fight all the time. If somebody is so jealous that you can't go to 7-Eleven without them sending private investigators to find out where you were, then you ought to kick them to the curb. That's ridiculous. It's not normal to be in turmoil all the time. It's not okay to live in upheaval all the time. It's not okay to lose sleep because of the mind games and the manipulation that they, they play on you all the time. See, the truth is, is nobody can produce peace except Christ. So if you allow someone into your life that can destroy that peace, you are in fact giving them more power than you're giving Christ. If you're going to date, then, and here's the part that, that works for marriage too, because, because if you're going to stay tied together like you're supposed to, then you've got to be careful here and make sure you're bringing peace. But let, let, me, let me say this to you. If you're going to date, you ought to wear protection. You ought to be clothed in peace. That peace that God puts in your life is simply his protection for you. And listen, it's easy to figure out who you should spend more time with and who you should cut off now because what happens is you're clothed in peace when they walk into your life. All of a sudden there's fighting and there's chaos and there's emotions and you're up one minute and down the next and on the mountain now and in the valley tomorrow and it's an emotional roller coaster. God gave you peace for protection. And so if your peace is fleeting, then that is a sign that you are unequally yoked and they have the ability to steal your peace and you need to get rid of them. And, and I would say to you this morning, if you're married and there's no peace in your relationship, then you better pay attention to me right now and you better start working on getting your peace back. And you are not called of God or ordained of God to destroy the peace of your spouse for your own fun. In fact, you should be bringing more peace to your spouse. You should be adding to peace Helping life come into order. Getting rid of chaos. And if you're not doing that, if you know the buttons to push and the words to say and the things to do to get under their skin, and we all know, and if you're doing that, you're in, uh, you're in danger of undoing a knot that you have no business undoing. So let me help you real quick and I'll get out of your way. I would like to help all my single folks out here to become a not candidate. Gonna tell me where to go get cool clothes? Gonna go get a makeover? Gonna help me out with workout plans? So I'll get shape. I'll be a track. Forget all that. Do it, but forget about it. No. You cannot take somebody where they have not been, where you have not been. You cannot lead somebody into a place that you have not yourself experienced. So what that means then is if you don't have any peace in your life, how do you think you're going to connect with somebody and bring peace to them? You cannot take somebody where you have not been. And so I want to help you to become a not candidate. If you want to have people to be attract, the most attractive people in the world are people who have peace and order in their life. So if you want to be a not candidate, then I want to encourage you to spend enough time with God first to allow him to produce peace in your life, allow him to, to kill all the chaos and the disruption and the ups and downs in your life. Get, get like, settled a little bit. 
Cause some of y'all like roller. And it's not just the girls. Sell tickets on you. Can't keep a job. Don't. Won't move out of mama's house. I'm 28 years old, living with mama. All I do is play video games. <laughs> no peace. What I want to say to you today is if you could ever find order and peace in your own life, then you will have the ability when you walk into somebody else's life to reproduce what's in you. And at that moment, you're naughty. Date for data. If somebody's jacking with your emotions, get out. I'm just trying to help you this morning. And just, Father, this morning I pray that you would teach us lessons that we need to learn. God, there are some folks in this room and watching on the internet right now that are connected with people that may be saved, but they're unequally yoked. I pray this morning that you would teach us to gather data. I pray that we would spend enough time with one another that we could see each other's hearts and we would see each other's issues and we would discern each other's weaknesses. And then we would make decisions about spending our life with them based on that. Not whether they're cute, although we want them to be. What's most important is whether they're kind and considerate and a person of character and they love you with all their heart and they care about me and want peace for me and they want order in my life so Father I pray this morning you would help us to date intelligently I pray that a discerning spirit would come upon us and we would be able to discern people's hearts and intentions we would see past the fake those that are just playing the game and we would, we would discover each other's hearts Father, I pray for the folks in the house that are on an emotional roller coaster right now and maybe there's somebody in their life already that continues to tie them in knots. I pray that you would give those folks that are not married the wisdom to guard their peace. Your word declares that you are not the author of confusion. Therefore, we must come to the conclusion that if you are not the author of this thing, then we shouldn't be involved in it. God, if there's a young lady or a young man sitting under the sound of my voice this morning that is connected with somebody and chaos is normal, then I pray that you would wake them up at this moment and they would step out of that relationship before it's too late. God, I, I, I pray even if the wedding invitations have gone out, if there's confusion and chaos and drama and turmoil and manipulation, Pray that you'd step in right now and remove the distraction. And Father, I pray for those of us that are married. We should guard one another's peace. God, if I walk into my spouse's life and I continue to play games and say words and do things that I know causes them pain and confusion, God, I pray that at this very moment you would convict me of that. And I would recognize that it is my job, it is my duty that peace in their life. 
God, I pray over every marriage in this room that they would be protected with peace and they would be surrounded with a cloud of peace. And everywhere they go, their life would be... It's not that they won't ever get mad at one another and it's not that they won't ever gripe at one another. Father, I just pray that their hearts would be so linked together and that the order that, that you have... The ordained part of the relationship would produce peace and wholeness. God, I pray that you teach each of us how to be a person of peace. We can't take somebody where we have not been. I pray that you would allow our lives to be brought into order. I pray that if our life is up one day and down the next and right one day and left the next and in total chaos, God, I pray that you would begin to usher us into a, a season of order and peace. I pray that you would do that in Jesus' name for our sake but also for your kingdom's sake because we want to keep our minds focused completely and totally on you. I ask you would do these things today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on back. Amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.